This podcast episode is powered by Afropods, the world's number one podcasting platform for African stories. border, what we call the maritime border, uh, or not war, but a dispute between Kenya and Somalia. Yes. Do you think that's what uh, uh, spooked all these things? I feel like it's, it definitely has to be tied to it. Mm-hmm. The, um, the the back and forth between Kenya and Somalia is just, it's regarding, you know, the possibility of, I think it's just more than the border, mm-hmm. it's looking into the possible resources that might be within mm-hmm. um, within that area mm-hmm. that both countries seek to control. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, f- I feel like the, the two countries have sort of opted to ignore, mm-hmm. and when I say the two countries here, I think we have to consider our part in the fault here mm-hmm. in, with terms of, in terms of considering more amicable ways to solve this dispute. Somalia, of course, went to court and we've been um, we've been throwing the International Court of Justice up and down since you matter this time. Mm-hmm. Our lawyers are not prepared and then COVID-19, mm-hmm. uh, we, some of the key documents have disappeared. Mm-hmm. And uh, this this back and forth, like what, what what's happening with uh, the banning of flights between the two countries mm-hmm. is just sort of, it's just little sparks that point to the bigger problems that I think both countries have refused to sit down and solve, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. What do you think about this? Interesting. Uh, I think looking at the history of um, Kenya and Somalia, uh, I think uh, Kenya and Somalia share um, a, a, a and I think about 420, uh, the borderline is about 423 miles. Uh, and. The relationships, uh, the relationship has been good since independence, and I think we've had, uh, apart from the border disputes, there, there are some petty skirmishes. I think um, uh, there's a time we had a very, very bloody massacre. I think some some time back, and that wasn't good. Uh, and and the tensions, um, we thought they were getting better uh, uh, for the last one year, but six since for the last six months things have things have gotten worse mm-hmm. and I think the most recent one is uh, when Kenya decided to suspend flights um, when, to, to, uh, when Kenya decided to suspend, suspend flights to Somalia uh, and I think that that even escalated this sort of uh, this tension. Yeah, actually, earlier this week, for those who are for those who are still catching up in the discussion, earlier this week the Ministry of uh, Foreign Affairs issued a notice that sort of extends the ban of uh, flights between Kenya and Somalia. And just, just to read it for you guys, um, not in verbatim, of course, uh, the ministry was saying that it regrets to uh, inform the international community, mostly the international organization, including those conducting diplomatic missions and uh, um, UN agencies, amongst other organizations, that there has been misuse of humanitarian flights um, between between the two regions. Mm-hmm. and. Uh, the ministry was saying that the the humanitarian flights, which were not actually banned in the earlier ban, in I think around May 18, were being used for bilateral and uh, and political agendas, sort of which was against like the agreement that the two countries had when they decided mm-hmm. to to ban the flights. Mm-hmm. Interesting, interesting. 
and what's like the humanitarian impact of this from uh, just uh, from, from what you think what what will be the humanitarian impact given that you know we uh, Kenya has been hosting uh, refugees from Somalia I think for the longest time uh, do you think this is going to lead to some sort of humanitarian crisis at some point uh, i feel like i feel like the, this current ban just limits sort of the movements between the two countries by flight mm-hmm. and uh, i really don't foresee something something major but i feel like it's just going to be one of the things that sort of fuels the fire that we already have between between these two countries because eric you know when we uh, when we decided even earlier when we decided to uh, to, to, to ban the flights to, to sort of Somalia mm-hmm. in, in May, Kenya Kenya still allowed a couple of flights to Somaliland. Mm-hmm. And I remember the, the rationale then was the, the flights to Somaliland were supposed to deliver electoral, electoral material. Mm-hmm. So uh, I, I really, really don't know. What do you think? No, Somalia has been, uh, Somalia has been accusing Kenya of uh, political uh, interference. And and I think what made things worse is that there's a break. Uh, how do we call it? The breakaway government of Somaliland. Right. So some time back, Kenya's uh, political leader, the Kenyan government, toasted uh, the leadership of Somaliland. And 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 uh, you know, as as you might know, the the, the Somaliland does not recognize uh, Somalia's central government. Right. So they don't recognize Formosa. Yeah. So I think that even made things worse, but. Hopefully things will get better, but I think uh, uh, one of the things that I mentioned previously that Kenya has been hosting hundreds and thousands of refugees since the fall of Somalia's uh, dictate, I think back in 91. The guy was called uh, Saad Bari, uh, is it Saad Bari, right? Saad Bari. Yeah, I think they had a dispute then. And uh, the Kenyan government several years threatened to shut down the Dadaab camp, mm-hmm. which is considered the world's largest refugee camp. But I think they tried to resolve this once when we think things are getting better again. Uh, underneath, things don't look good. Uh, but on the, the they come, shake hands, uh, more of like a PR stunt. But much <laughs> later, things again uh, underneath, things don't look good. Yeah, clearly you don't you don't you don't sound like you're interested in going to Somalia anytime soon. <laughs> <laughs> I think away from away from Kenya and Somalia, you yes. know, mm-hmm. let's let's talk about the inflation for. The inflation for May, mm-hmm. and um, the, the latest data from the Kenya National Bureau of Statistics shows that uh, the inflation of May compared to April was slightly higher. Mm-hmm. Um, it was around um, 5.87 compared to uh, 5.76, mm-hmm. and of course, as as we would all think, um, we saw that we had a slight uptick in, in fuel prices in May. Mm-hmm. So by by default, of course, we had. Uh, in, in the last month's inflation, we had higher cost of, of mostly transport, food, and some some slight increase in alcoholic uh, alcoholic beverage. Mm-hmm. You know, with look, looking at sort of um, the, the increase in inflation, in as much as it's small, where 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 do you think uh, we're heading to, especially with inflation of June? Given that we've seen that globally, sort of oil prices have not been dancing the way we'd like them to. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Uh, interesting stats in the, uh, that came out this week on around inflation. Not much has changed. Maybe a slight increase in the in the inflation rate for May 2021. Uh, I think 
you mentioned, are partly driven by uh, high transport cost, food and food and alcoholic beverages. Mm -hmm. uh, but I think for me, what stood out in the week was CBK or Central Bank. Was it this week or the other week? Yeah, the MPC. Yeah, the, the MPC meeting was. The MPC was actually in the in the other week. Uh, in the other and week. I remember, I think uh, the central bank government maintained threats, mm -hmm. and they were quite optimistic with. Uh, with the growth of the private sector in the, in the period, mm -hmm. and it's like um, the COVID nine, the cafe, the the cafe rather mm -hmm. was not, or rather businesses had adjusted to the 10, 10 p.m. curfew, and uh, most most of them seemed to recover. Mm -hmm. That is at least according to banking data. Mm -hmm. Interesting. But then there's one thing we have to consider here, Eric. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Unlike unlike May, mm -hmm. June is going to be a month where, first of all, we'll be expecting the budget. Mm -hmm. And uh, from, from the different media reports and from the different documents that we as Kenyan Wall Street have interacted mm -hmm. with, we expect um, a few changes, especially on taxes, that we'll see um, increases increases in, in prices of mm -hmm. you know basic commodities. I, I, I don't know where, where we're at with... Um, with the increase in bread prices because of the taxes, and then of course we had earlier sort of earlier discussions on um, on whether or not the price of LPG will increase, mm -hmm. and then I think um, sort of earlier the IMF had suggested that uh, we adopt a full VAT on on petroleum products. Is it from eight to sixteen? percent mm -hmm. Do you do you have any information on whether or not those changes are going to be effected? Okay, interesting. Uh, I think those were contained in the finance bill 2021, right? Mm -hmm. So uh, my thinking is, once that's passed to the par to, to parliament, yeah, that's when the that's when the that's when the this will be passed. But uh, I don't know when it's the next three. But uh, I, 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 I'm not sure if there's anyone who has gone to court to to try uh, stop this. Mm -hmm. But I know they were contained in the finance bill 2021. Uh, so I think we expect the Kenyan government at the moment, as you might know, uh, a lot of extremely uh, they have taken debts left, right, and center, right? Yeah. And uh, they are now under pressure from the IMF to repay some of these loans, and of course uh, they have to get they have to look at every revenue source to generate money to repay to repay some of these loans that they owe. So uh, I, I, I don't expect uh, the government to, to come down uh, to to, uh, to reduce their stance on taxes and all that. So I still, like, despite, you know, the government, one of the things I've seen, people in government, they don't care even if the economy is doing good or bad, for them they expect taxes. Right. And which is which is which is exactly why I feel like June is likely to be to be slightly worse than May because uh, mm -hmm. when once the taxes once the taxes sort of um, once the taxes kick in mm -hmm. the new taxes because of you know the budget we're planning to raise we have a budget of around three three point six trillion mm -hmm. and um, I think in the, in the press release that we shared earlier on this forum we saw that um, Treasury of course expected the slight. Tax uptick. Of course, we had technicalities to do your tax exemptions on ventilators and everything. But then, since those are not goods consumed in the mass, that's going to have a very, very, very little effect. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Interesting. So June is like is likely to record higher inflation mm -hmm. than than May, mm -hmm. and I think that's my thinking, specific based on um, the tax changes that we are expecting with the finance bill of twenty twenty one. 
But according to CBK from their last MPC update, mm -hmm. uh, they said that, that, that the inflation is currently within their target range. Right. Uh, uh, I think for them, they don't expect much. Uh, I think as a government, of course, they have to be optimistic, but they don't expect much changes uh, on the inflation rate. I think in general, our governor is, is, is optimistic and that is something that we share, which I think he has to be. Mm -hmm. um, but I guess my, my most, most of my concerns are towards more of like the consumer than small businesses. Mm -hmm. But then I guess we'll, we'll have to wait for that and see. Okay. Interesting. I, I think uh, before before we move away from, from inflation, there's, there are a few highlights that I'd like to share. Mm -hmm. And um, there's, there's this infographic that I interacted with earlier in, in the week, just on the specific uh, the specific sort of um, highlights of, of inflation by the by the central bank. Mm -hmm. um, and we saw that out of out of uh, the, the, the five point uh, five point nine inflation um, the prices of the prices of food rose by I think around seven percent mm -hmm. and um, it was mostly driven by changes in price I think essentials like cooking oil and vegetables but then we saw that the price of maize fell and then of course when it comes to fuel we had uh, we had increase in petrol prices and uh, uh, which which in turn affected matatu fares, and then we also had around a 12.2% increase in, in kerosene and around 4.4% increase in, in diesel. Mm -hmm. So I thought those were some of the just some of the highlights that I'd like to share around the inflation for May. Moving on at a, at a more regional regional um, regional level, and I know this is something that you you're passionate about. Uh, mm -hmm. Given your earlier conversation with with yellow card on cryptocurrency, mm -hmm. the the central the central bank of, of Ghana announced uh, plans to to pilot um, a digital currency, mm -hmm. and uh, they call it the e SEDI. Mm -hmm. And uh, I remember I, I was watching the, the YouTube video of the announcement um, earlier, and uh, the central bank governor said that the the e SEDI will go through through three different phases. Um, mm -hmm. And uh, the first phase was going to be sort of designing, designing the electronic currency, mm -hmm. and, of, and the design is already well, well underway. At the moment, we are waiting implementation, of course, and then, of course, they're going to implement the design, sort of piloting the digital currency to a few, a few people mm -hmm. and a few mobile apps in Ghana. Mm -hmm. And then they plan to pilot it everything once everything goes well mm -hmm. um, what do you think about it you know a government a government backed digital currency essentially well a cb mm -hmm. a cbdc in africa i think africa's first right yeah i think that will be africa's first and uh, one of the things that you, you have to realize ghana is very very progressive ask yourself why did why did twitter uh, go set up their headquarters in ghana instead of Kenya, South Africa, and all this. So I think, for, personally for me, I think Ghana is quite progressive and very open to some of these new technologies. Mm -hmm. I haven't seen, say, Ghana, uh, Ghana issuing a ban on crypto, uh, like more, like other African markets, uh, countries like, say, Nigeria or Kenya, right? And uh, and I think for me, what makes this, uh, uh, this new CBDC by Ghana uh, being the most interesting is that it will be the first in Africa. Right. Yeah. I think what they did is they followed the example of China. 
as China began implementing. Um, there are a few, uh, I think earlier this year, they mentioned that part of last year. I think earlier this year they began imp the implementation plan via, like in a pilot, they had a pilot phase, a few users testing that across, I think, a town out of, uh, it's a city out of China there, a few users and a few merchants that were selected. And from the reports, I think, so far coming along very well, I think the question is, is uh, how will that compete against, say, the unregulated digital currencies? Uh, that's something that I think we'll we, we, we watch out on. But uh, the other interesting thing about some of these central bank digital currencies is that, look, uh, essentially, uh, how will that how will that work in a country like Kenya, whereby we already have, say, uh, a very active mobile money user base? Of course, using our the most dominant mobile money platform, right? Uh, it's, it's it's very hard. I don't know how that will pan out, but for Ghana, I think uh, quite quite progressive. And how that uh, from a digital currency perspective, I think it. Uh, I, I see a future whereby look uh, an exchange. Uh, some of these central bank digital currencies can be traded in. Uh, or can be easily exchanged or traded in some of these major crypto exchange platforms. Mm -hmm. So uh, I think we are getting into a point where, by in the next few years, uh, it, it will be very diff it will uh, it it won't be a it will be an, it will be a no brainer for a, say a, a regulated financial institution to see how they can embed uh, crypto products into their systems. So uh, I think it's something that uh, we, will be very very interesting to watch. I feel like um, the, the, the same the same the same concerns that you have is is the same reason why it's actually like a nice time for African countries African governments to to look into CBDCs because um, globally of course we've seen that uh, major cryptos have been on um, on a bear run uh, and uh, it's 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 been quite red mm -hmm. and because of you know that volatility you know despite that volatility we still see that. Um, globally, we have growing interest towards cryptocurrencies, mm -hmm. and uh, and it's essentially we know that there is no day that we're, we're going to have sort of a global seizure in activity of cryptos. So why not why not government sort of come into the space mm -hmm. and try to to regulate it and essentially just because see once once we have governments like. Um, you know, once we have an African government like Ghana get into the space, it already paves way for, for you know, other countries to consider. We're talking about countries like uh, Kenya. I know our governor hasn't hasn't sort of spoken much about it, uh, but you know, it sets it sets the precedence. Okay. Same same way, of of course. Um, I, I I'm avoiding saying Nigeria because. Uh, the Central Bank of Nigeria was really iffy about cryptocurrencies early and they were quite vocal about it. But then, see, once we have government involvement, mm -hmm. starting businesses around cryptocurrency, especially for startups, is going to be way easier. Um, integrating the different um, use cases of cryptocurrency into, into normal life is going to be easier since, you know, investors and uh, entrepreneurs do not necessarily have to worry about the have to worry about the impediment of, you know, regulation. Mm -hmm. Because see, unlike other risks, regulation is something that is really, really, really hard, hard to work around. Interesting. You know? Yeah. And, uh, our, our central bank has previously, uh, the, 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 the central bank governor, uh, I think he previously mentioned earlier in the year, no, that was about the last quarter of 2020 when he mentioned that 
uh, they are in discussions with other cent- global central banks on mm-hmm. out on the possibilities of entering the digital currency space. And I think what um, uh, what Njoroge said is that uh, uh, they were looking at the introduction of central bank digital currencies and. And, and for them, the main reason was because of this, some of these mushrooming private uh, cryptocurrencies. And uh, he said that they felt uh, they, fe- they were feeling they were being left out and they needed to create their own space. And something interesting that also came out this week is that uh, uh, the, the European Central Bank, I think there's a board member, I, I think I saw that on Bloomberg, a guy called uh, Fabio Panetta. He said earlier this week on Wednesday that. that the development of the digital euro is ongoing and they are actually cooperating with the central bank and some of the relevant financial institutions in uh, in Europe. And, and I think one of the things that came out is that um, the, 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 the digital euro is going to be much more safer and more efficient. Mm-hmm. It means some payment for, say, the citizens of the European Union. Uh, but but you also want that look. Some of these the the central bank digital currencies will come with uh, some caveats. So, and I think the, this basically adds up to uh, Lagarde's earlier remarks in the year when he said that look, in as much as they release this, it has some potential shortcomings, and uh, that's what that's according to Christine Lagarde. And he said uh, from I think before they began even development of this digital the European digital currency, right. he said that look uh, they did a survey and uh, they said out of the survey that they did fifty percent of Europeans were interested in a digital euro, and uh, they but they were however yet to make a decision on whether they launch it they will launch such an asset. That's according to Christine. But I think it's something that's getting interested across the globe. Uh, not maybe Ghana will be the first in Africa, but I think if that becomes very successful, other progressive countries will have no option but but to, to adopt it. I think I'm I'm, I'm more of leaning towards uh, towards China here, and uh, this is why earlier this week. Um, China was actually China actually announced that it it's going to hand out um, part of its digital currency to the citizens of the capital Beijing in in a lottery, and specifically that they promised to hand out around uh, six point two million dollars of the of the of the digital currency instead of um, sort of instead of starting with a national a nationwide rollout mm-hmm. the, their pilot phase is going to come out in the form of in the form of um, lotteries across across the country and uh, what i found interesting is that instead of going um the decent, the decentralized way like like you know bitcoin mm-hmm. what um what the what, what is it called the the people's bank of china is looking into is uh is sort of internationalizing the currency through the digital currency mm-hmm. and uh it's kind of taking you know, um, it's kind of it's kind of taking Russia's Russia's way of moving away from the dollar, and what they want to do is um, is sort of to internationalize the the renminbi through the through the um, through the digital digital yuan. Mm-hmm. And I thought, like, I thought that was that was, that was quite quite that was quite quite bold. Okay, and um, sort of trying to digitalize the the whole currency. As, as a whole, so reducing the, I think, I, I, and again, this is just my opinion. Sort of um, reducing the coins and notes in circulation in favor of um, a, a, a CBDC. Okay. 
Interesting. Uh, China is quite an interesting case. A few weeks back, uh, less than a month ago, they banned uh, banks or financial institutions from dealing in crypto. Mm-hmm. Uh, do they view Do they view the mainstream crypto, not the mainstream, but I mean the major crypto as competition to their central bank digital currency? Uh, I don't know that, but I think according to... Quickly, uh, uh, do you mind sharing your idea? Uh, sorry, or, can you guys hear now? No, not yet. Chuck? Yes. Uh, oh, you guys can hear us now? Still not. Okay, um, just, ah, okay, uh, Blinkpan has confirmed that we're live. Uh, sorry about that. Uh, we, were, we were in the middle of a discussion about, um, the, about the, the China CBDC and how the, the People Banks of China is trying to sort of drive the adoption or rather testing the, the country's uh, digital currency through a lottery. And uh, they promised to, to issue around $6.2 million dollars in the in the digital renminbi, if you will, mm-hmm. as as part of the trial phase for the currency, and um, and also we we also discussed about um, Ghana's case point, where the central bank of Ghana is planning to point is planning to pilot their ECD. Currently, it's still it's still in the works, but then um, they plan to roll it out in in three phases. So at the moment, they are I think they're still in the. They're still in the constru- construction is not really, 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 really the right, um, the right word, but they're still fashioning the the digital currency, and then they're going to run a pilot, and then of course implement it, implement it um, countrywide. Interesting. You no, know, China is a very interesting case. They've been banning crypto since 2013, right? They've issued several warnings, but uh, how far do some of these warnings go? They never go anywhere. You know, my, my concern with China is not even like forget forget what's happening in the country. My concern my concern with China is uh, sort of how much you know because forget let's leave China out of this. We saw what happened um, when when Turkey banned issued a ban on on, on crypto and uh, investors investors on crypto went wild mm-hmm. and now when when you think about china the scale the scale of like the scale of the population a ban a ban a ban in crypto in china already already drove sort of um cryptocurrencies crazy mm-hmm. and that's usually my fear as opposed to what happens inside the country mm-hmm. but i feel like they're just they're just going the way what they usually do with um most most new technologies, which is sort of build um, homegrown solutions, the same way they've, the same way they built their own versions of social media, the same way they have their own native search engines, the same way they would want to build um, native digital currencies. And I think it's, I think it's sort of like a protectionist move mm-hmm. uh, from, um, especially with uh, semi-volatile relationships with with the US. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Speaking of crypto and the prices, it's, it's still you know, for the last few weeks it's not been good. Uh, today on Friday, uh, the price of Bitcoin actually fell to below thirty-eight thousand by today, and uh, car, I think uh, the last today it's, uh, it's down by more than seven by more than seven percent. 
and uh, you know most people can't handle this volatility right but if you can't stay when uh, things are bad do you expect to <laughs> why do you expect to say reap uh, 200% gains that uh, for the people who stayed in the long run but i think um, I think recent uh, it climbed back to around thirty nine thousand, but I think the main reason from uh, from what I've read in the media is that um, Elon Musk. I think it's been still the guy still influencing the market, the crypto market. And today he sent out was it today or yesterday he sent out two tweets, uh, which which basically seems to imply a breakup uh, with Bitcoin. And I think that's what that's what's made the prices really uh, decline, uh, go down uh, today. I sometimes I don't like what Elon does with. Yeah. I don't like Elon's influence towards uh, towards um, cryptocurrencies because it sort of it kind of it feeds into the idea that um, that cryptocurrencies can can easily easily be swung, mm-hmm. and uh, I feel like it's. It's you know it's one of those self-fulfilling processes, prophecies, especially with with retail investors and and how um, Elon has been considered one of the one of the influential figures in the crypto world. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Rufus, have you been following crypto? Uh, do you have any comments that you like probably to add? Because you are a financial analyst, and we thought you maybe there's something that you might have a few insights that you can give uh, you you can give to to, to the listeners. I think we'll, I think we'll, we'll, um, we'll just have to let the guys sort of raise their hand when, yeah, okay. when, they, when they're ready to contribute. I guess uh, for for our listeners on um, for our listeners on Telegram and, and on Twitter, just raise your hand in case you feel like you want to you want to chime in. But then um, Eric, moving away from moving away from cryptocurrencies, mm-hmm. uh, let's talk about let's talk about MC and what has been happening with the share. Mm-hmm. Uh, we saw that. MC sort of had had really really wild um, really really wild wild crashes and, and ups this weekend and like when you, when you look at um, for example like I think the stock sort of um, rose rose really really high on um, on Wednesday and Thursday I think on Wednesday it hit um, it hit a high of around um, seventy seventy dollars okay. Um, and on Thursday, on, on Thursday, we also had a rally that sort of allowed the company to issue up to twenty five million million more shares. Mm-hmm. And, and mark you, this is considered a quote unquote a meme stock, which is which has mostly been sort of sparking because of Reddit chat rooms and and the works of Wall Street bets. What do you think about this? Interesting. Uh... That began with the, I think when the the the, the early, early in the year around GameStop, that rally on GameStop, I think now Reddit traders now begin began picking up some of these um, some of these stocks like MC. Mm-hmm. For those who don't know, uh, MC is uh, MC Entertainment. Uh, it's it's I think the the price dropped to if I remember very well. Uh, it it rallied off from the loss and turned green and 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 I think the main reason the the, the company has, the price went up is that the the, the company announced I think that finished uh, how do we call it uh, 
they, they have been buying shares of class A common shares, I think up to 11 million shares of class A. And uh, and part of this was, I think, the, the, the additional shares um, deleted the value of the existing or stockholders. And and uh, I think what I mentioned is that the company said that it had already completed uh, offering uh, uh, the stocks and they raised about 587 million dollars, US, US dollars. And uh, I think what you mentioned is that retail investors uh, who have been mainly active on Reddit have, have been leading the rally. And uh, and when the company announced that, look, uh, the, 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 the company actually put out a new portal to connect with uh, retail investors. And they even offered investors uh, free popcorn. <laughs> and uh, and exclusive screenings and other sparks that those hold each stock. So if you hold a stock of AMC, they'll give you a free, how do you call it? They give you uh, free popcorns, exclusive screenings, and other and other packs. Uh, and uh, from what Suda see that uh, JP Morgan said last week that the retail order flow in AMC jumped to around five, 5.3 million. And, uh, and, and for them, this kind of uh, quantitative strategy, uh, uh, this kind of imbalance can lead to more outperformance by the stock in the coming weeks, which means they expect the stock to go up in the coming weeks. And you know, my, my, my um, like, um, I'm, I'm happy for, I'm happy for Reddit pros, mm -hmm. but then my concern here is what's happening to, to, to guys who are short at Kemstock, because um, the activity in this week alone, Sort of um, put put their losses for the year. This uh, this week alone, it put their losses for the year to around um, five billion dollars. Mm -hmm. And this is this is without factoring in uh, sort of the trends that a JP Morgan foresees on the stock. Mm -hmm. Interesting. If if you've been following up on uh, on what happened uh, on I think when the when we were just finishing up May. Uh, the company, the, I think on 27th, if I remember very well, the company shares rose by nearly 50% just in a single day. Right. Just in a single day. So I think most of this has been actually been driven by the, the guys on Reddit, on, on Reddit, uh, the retail traders on Reddit. I think it's just, this is just, uh, it's just sort of an extension of, of GameStop. And, uh, what what do you think is going to be sort of um, an event that is going to to stop all this? I'm not uh, what can really stop all this? Because <laughs> uh, you know, at first first it was uh, it was um, it was GameStop, and mm -hmm. then we had AMC, of course. And uh, you know, when GameStop and um, AMC sort of um, rallied, we had a little bit of activities in other. Allow me to call them fossil companies like like you know like blackberry so for example last week uh, when um, sorry this week when activity on mc broke up we saw that blackberry traded around uh, 500 million shares in, on the nasdaq mm -hmm. and uh, we, we saw companies like i think um, i think bby uh, nearly bed uh Beth Bath and Beyonds. Mm -hmm. We also had some movement in, in this in this meme stock. Do you think uh, it's going to get into a point where regulation might have to step in? Not really. Uh, early in the year during the rally for GameStop, the US Senate actually tried to 
the US government actually step, tried to step in and and nothing really helped because what I think what we are seeing at the moment is some sort of a retail revolution, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, since the pandemic, most people are locked into uh, lock, were under lockdowns, right? Uh, say some of them lost their jobs, very extremely high unemployment rates. So everyone is currently looking for what's the next sort of opportunity or a way that I can easily get uh, uh, a new income generating activity, right? Mm-hmm. And when you are seated, you have access to the internet. Uh, stock trading is, is is something that everyone would want to get into, right? And previously getting into the stock market or even in the financial market, it's been extremely difficult. Uh, given the barriers of entry. But right now, with the kind of the new technologies that exist, um, it's easier for anyone to get access to some of these, uh, to get access to into the market, basically direct market access. So, and I think uh, this is not something that's likely to stop. Uh, it is, it, it, we, I think we should expect this to go, uh, to increase dramatically. But then there's, there's that, um, you know, <coughs> excuse me. With that, like with that much power in the in the retail investor, uh, we've we've also seen um, we've also seen sort of massive bears on on AMC alone. Like for example, um, you know, to, today sort of AMC um, in as much as it rallied yesterday, its price also fell to so, sort of almost half of what it was trading at the high in in, in one day. So imagine. The same stock that was trading at seventy, you know, fell all the way to you know close to close to thirty five, mm-hmm. you know, all all in one day. So in as much as like um, retail investors might have like a lot to gain with meme stocks, but then there's also a lot a lot to lose, and this is why we sort of encourage people to um, conduct their own research before they venture into into investments and not take any information shared on, on this show or any other platform as direct investment advice. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, uh, yeah, it's good to mention that. Look, uh, take this information with a pinch of salt. So these are just our own uh, opinion and ideas that we share internally, given that we cover markets. So uh, before you, you, you make any investment, it's good to do your own. It's good to do your own due diligence, uh, do your own due diligence and, uh, Basically, you want research before you make an investment, but uh, the information that we take, uh, that we share out, are basically our own opinion on markets. So, uh, not really something that, uh, it, it's not investment advice, it's basically our own opinion around markets and what's been happening and the kind of opportunities that we see in the market, right? Yeah, yeah. lastly, Eric, before, before we before we sort of close today's discussion, let's, I feel like there's something that is really, really important uh, to talk about, um, DevKey. Mm-hmm. So, two weeks ago, DevKey said that um, they were interested in, in investing in Mumia's sugar, but then um, today they issue a statement saying that uh, they've, they've withdrawn the, their interest from the from investing into into the revival of the company, mm-hmm. and um, I think the the reason that they gave they gave behind the, the decision was um, was the, the political interest in the in the transaction. Mm-hmm. You're you, you're more informed these matters than I am. What do you think? What do you think is really really um, happening here? Okay, I think before we before we go into into what's really happening. Uh, 
a few weeks i think for those who are aware mumias went into do we call it receivership or what yeah receivership in yeah. around uh, I was, 2019 yeah uh, 2019 yeah uh, mumias was placed under receivership by kcb in 2019 after the bank after mumias failed to clear loan amounting to 500 545 million kenyan shillings and then uh, kcb appointed uh, uh, i think a receiver manager to protect the assets and recover uh, the loans of this particular uh, so that to recover its loans mm-hmm. i think one thing that we forget mumias is a listed company right so uh, i think the, the share in as much as the share price has really declined uh the company has had several financial uh, troubles so i think uh, i think part of this include, i think they had in 2017 uh, kcb with ecobank and cba commercial bank of africa uh, loaned about 2.6 billion to assist uh, mumias run operations after running some sort of into a financial ed- 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 challenges mm-hmm. uh So at, after after Mumias failed to clear the loans uh, KCB began uh, to cover Mumias after after the company uh, failed to clear I think a total of 480 million in debt this this passed to the to, to the company so and uh, Ecobank and CB both had loaned Mumias about 1.7 billion 3.364 million in loans respectively so I think that's where the challenge began. So, uh, so as to revive the company, KCB invited uh, bidders who were interested in leasing and reviving the company, right? And today, surprisingly, uh, Devki Group, which is one of the largest manufacturing companies in Kenya, announced that they that they are withdrawing from the race to to revive the to revive the company, Amumias, barely less than two weeks after they had expressed an interest uh, in the company. What the what the, the the chairman of the company said today was that uh, their decision was mainly because of uh, increased political interest in the transaction, and uh, this because uh, early in the week, what is this week? I think the Senate uh, were against this, and they they said they were they wanted to investigate how that process was being conducted. Yeah, I think so we it, had uh, the Kakamega senator speaking about it, uh, sort of. Um, um, the, he, I think Ali was demanding documents. relating to 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 the whole transaction okay uh, and um like whether like whether the the whole decision to sort of go on with any was 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 based on um KCB or not and um and questions on um on sort of whether the government should stake should sort of sell its share in Mumias sugar okay interesting so uh when these guys pulled out uh I think for I, I think um, it was a wise decision for Dev Kids. I think they want to protect their reputation at this moment in time. So which I think it's it's very important given the kind of investments that they've made over the last couple of months. Probably uh, they, maybe they thought that could um, could uh, could hurt their reputation. As I think I think that could be the main reason that they pull out. You know, as a business, at times you want to uh, you you always want to how do we call it. Um, you always want to avoid some of these political risks that come with such investments so i think for them they pulled out given that they wanted to protect their reputation but hopefully maybe in the coming weeks we we, uh, we might more, get more details on the same yeah i think uh, we'll, we'll we'll wait and we'll wait and see um is there anything that maybe we might have we might have left out uh, interesting uh family bank 
Oh yes, family bank. Uh, I believe you want to talk about the bond, uh, right? The, the bond and the comeback. Uh, what do you think about uh, the, com- the, the comeback of family bank? Uh, I'll, I'll, may I also say this: mm-hmm. I'm waiting for I'm waiting for the time Rebecca will actually lead that company to listing on the NSE. Ah, interesting. Family bank is family bank is doing quite good for its size. Mm-hmm. And um, we already see like how how well the its bond is is, is performing mm-hmm. on on the NSC, and I think it's time the whole share is listed and um, investors take a shot at it. Interesting. So uh, in their quarterly, in their Q1, Q1, Q1 results, I think they reported a seventy one percent increase in net earnings to about five hundred and ten million, which is massive increase given that a few years back these guys were making losses. And there are a number of challenges with regards to corporate governance. I think uh, um, this lady Rebecca has really revived the company mm-hmm. and it's been performing since she came on board. And another interesting thing is that uh, earlier, earlier, earlier around in, in April, they actually uh, redeemed uh, their bond, which was a five and a half years medium term not worth about two billion. Uh, it was due on 19th April 2021. And the thing is, uh, the, the the bondholders on the on the on the maturity date the bondholders were actually paid their principal together with the accrued interest for the final six months, uh, which I think quite quite pretty pretty impressive uh, given that uh, given what these guys have done and uh, the the bond was listed on the Nairobi Stock Exchange uh, back uh, and and I think what what they wanted to use this bond for was I think for expansion purposes. And uh, earlier this week, Family Bank again announced that look, they were they were raising another eight billion eight billion Kenyan shillings through a medium term note program. Uh, details about this were shared to investors, and they have actually received uh, approval from our local markets regulator to to do this transaction. And uh, this transaction will be in, through a multi currency note, and uh, and uh, it will be raised by way of public offer, and they want to use. Proceeds from this transaction will be used to strengthen the bank's capital base and support lending. Uh, in the first tranche, they expect to raise the target to raise about four billion, and the balance is a, they expect to raise the balance in the next five years uh, in a number of tranches. And uh, according to the CEO, he said that look, uh, they want to uh, the, raising this cash is going to push it into the second phase of the growth, uh, which is part of their twenty. 2020 and 2024 strategy. Uh, they want to lend mostly, of course, to say, to to SMEs, build up their technology platforms, and uh, of course, diversify their products and services. Uh, interesting uh, from what's happening across this bank. I think um, uh, quite an impressive turnaround that they have had. So I think what we can wish them from here is, we, of course, we have to wish them all the best and uh, good luck uh, their transaction. I think uh, not, not not that you've. De- I think now that now that you are uh, you discussing uh, you discussing medium medium term notes, I think we had um, we had a few activity also on um, on the medium term note by uh, by EABL, mm-hmm. and uh, I think earlier earlier they announced that uh, they'll sort of um, they'll go ahead with an early redemption of the six billion medium term and medium term note program. Uh, which is which was issued around uh, four years ago. It was issued in April, April 2017, and uh, I think the re- the redemption is going to be effected somewhere in the middle of um, middle of this month. 
So it's on the 18th, uh, it's on the 18th June. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Uh, yeah. Interesting. EABL is such, I think, one of those gems on the NSC. Uh, it's been, uh, despite the pandemic, I think that quite some impressive, re impressive results. Uh, despite, uh, in asthma, I think they issued a profit warning, but uh, I think uh, given the opening of the economy, uh, they'll cope with it, uh, that they are coping, and uh, I believe it's a solid company that every investor should have in their portfolio. Uh, in case in case you want to listen to this podcast or share with your friends, uh, it will be available on his app, uh, uh, which uh, you, you can always check up his app on both Android and iOS. So we, after this, our team will uh, will upload this um, this chat or this conversation on his app. You can listen to it, uh, uh, some of the ideas that we share on markets, and you can also share the same with your friends. So you can check the app on both Android and iOS. His app, H-I-S-A, and uh, give us your feedback. On, on what we can improve on the app, but uh, the whole idea behind the app is that look, want to give people access to financial markets and of course give them news and embed content into it. Uh, so we are, uh, our engineering team is really working hard to make sure uh, we have the app and a few a few more features in the next couple of weeks. Yep, uh, I, think, uh, I think this is all we had for today. Um, there's going to be there's going to be a lengthier discussion on markets. I know markets is not something that we really really um, went went deep into in this in this forum. But then um, for for market listeners, do not do not worry, do not fret. We have markets Monday coming up on Monday at around um, 9:30 9:45 a.m. and that's when we get to have a really in-depth discussion on what moved markets in this week and. Uh, we have, of course, we have a in-house analyst, Felix, who is going to be uh, steering that ship. Um, this is all we had for today. Thank you so much for joining the discussion. In case you have any question, please feel free to uh, raise your hand or um, type in the chat box in case you're on Telegram. Uh, and then if, if there's anything that you guys feel we need to discuss, uh, you can always chat chat us on Telegram, on Twitter, and tell us maybe some of the topics that we we should discuss, what we can include, and uh, any any other thing that we should improve on. Speaking of, speaking of which, uh, we're planning a conversation. We're planning a great great a deep dive on um, on equities expansion into into um, into Congo, especially in light with uh, with their Q one results. In case if anything that. You'd like um, you'd like us to consider. It would be a, it would be great to hear from you, either through the Hisa chat or through the Telegram chat. Eric, do we have anything uh, from? No, uh, that's it for today. Thanks again, guys, for tuning in. Uh, we are looking forward to the next chat on Monday. Right. All right, guys. Um, goodbye. Do goodbye. we have any, anyone from maybe from Spaces wanting to speak? Let me check. Um, no requests in terms of anyone wants to add a comment or speak. No request. Well, I think that's it. See you on Monday. Okay. Thanks. Bye, guys.